Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. All right, I don't know why that doesn't work. Let me, somehow my buttons didn't work. A very pleasant uh, good morning to me. Oh, there it is. Excuse me, that's a heck of a way to start. Good morning. This is Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. First thing Monday morning, you press a certain kind of button, and it says, I can't do that, but it's going to do it. I think it just lit up. Good morning. We're going to have fun this morning. We're going to talk about one of our favorite things, which is the Constitution of these United States with Richard Proctor. And you will meet Mr. Proctor in just a couple of moments, kind of give you a head Excuse me. Getting all choked up here. A heads up about this week. We don't have a lot uh, uh, scheduled as yet. Had somebody that we thought were going to be tomorrow, but that didn't happen. So tomorrow's open, but, you know, something will pop in. And if not, I'll pop in. And then Wednesday, I think you're going to find uh, Dr. August. Very interesting. Dr. August is... Um, has been a student of Dr. Emanuel Rivisi for, oh gosh, since 1980. And Dr. Rivisi is one of Adam Bergstrom's and Ray P. I gotta do this again. And Dr. Ray Pete's favorite people ever. They say that uh, Dr. Rivisi is one of the smartest guys, uh, knows a lot about the way things work. And uh, Dr. August. I discovered his book, uh, which the title so long I will not repeat, in 1980. She visited him and went to work uh, with him, and she's been working with his his incredible technology and uh, work with cancer and things um, ever since. So it's exciting to talk to her, and we're going to do it on, on Wednesday. So here we are. Our phone number, if you care to join us, is 888-663-6386. Email Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Come in, join us. Uh, uh, Richard Proctor is in the great state of Utah, and right. And his website is ProvisInstitute.com, right? Yes. And Richard Proctor is the author of many books, including Saving the Constitution, Bathroom Economics, Liberty Will It Survive, Easily understood economics, right? Somebody's calling you on Skype. Get rid of that. I'm, I'm okay. Okay, you got it. Okay. Eight books, right, Richard Proctor? Hello? What, 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 what? Speak up. I didn't understand the question. Can you hear me? Eight books? Eight? Oh, yes, I can hear you fine. Okay. Everything is okay. Everything's okay. Richard Proctor, and he's got his Utah shirt on, and I just want to tell you, he keeps somebody keeps calling you on on, on oh dear me on Skype. Can you? I told her this morning not to call me. Okay, and now she is anyway. Okay, all right, that's all right. Okay, so what are you trying to do? Don't look. Okay, the, Go re- ahead. the the reason that Richard Proctor looks like he doesn't have his head on straight is it's because it isn't. It's because it is. You know, he's a crazy guy. No, God love you. In March. You took a tumble down the stairs, head first. That's got rid of that. What's that? I got rid of that garbage that was on the phone. No, you Good didn't. Grief. It's still on. 
cancel that. Take a moment. I do every time. Take, well, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Okay. You press on. I okay. don't, if anything, I can go there and say, stop it. Stop it. But I'll do it on a message. That's right. Than a- so in March, happy, healthy Richard Proctor takes a tumble down the stairs and you damaged a vertebrae that you got. Wow. It, it's, it's a big deal, right? You're going to go in and have to get a surgery. Yes. I have to have it replaced with titanium piece. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're fortunate that they can do that. Well, isn't it nice that they can? Yeah. You know, isn't it nice that they can do that? So it's a big deal when that, is it uh, C123, did they tell you? No, it's C5. C5, okay. Some of C6, it's right at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. When they fuse it, they told me it wouldn't be, it wouldn't, wouldn't cause much change of motion. Wouldn't cause much loss of motion. Uh-huh. Probably just going to do C5, maybe C6, and then plates and stuff. Wow. I'll still lose some motion, but I don't know how much. Have you lost some of the motion like arms and legs? Oh, right now, yes. I can't look up. <laughs> I mean, other... Right now, something's on a top shelf. I can't see it unless I bend over. Okay. And I can't bend over far enough, so I can't see it. God, I love you. And when is the surgery? Soon? I hope so, yes. It's supposed to be very soon, yes. Okay. should be within, oh, I don't know. It should have been within two weeks, three weeks ago. So as soon as we get all the things in line, it probably happen. Well, Richard Proctor has been studying the Constitution for many years. You, um, you're also in the Constitutional Party of Utah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. I'm a member of that party, yes. I have served as a as a national representative in the past for the Constitution Party, uh-huh. yeah. I've been with them now for about 20 years, just shy of 20 years. Uh-huh. When you were a little sprout, a kid, did you think about such matters as the United States and the Constitution? Say, say that again, Patrick. When you were younger, I mean, did you think about this kind of stuff for the Constitution? Oh, no, no, not until I started, not until I, well, you see, I was a Republican for a long time, okay? Oh, mm. my. And then when I realized that that was just garbage, <laughs> it was during the, the, junior, the junior Bush guy, I realized it was all just garbage, so I quit it. And then I went to the Constitution Party, and I began to realize that people don't know the Constitution, even in the Constitution Party. <laughs> so I wrote the book, Saving the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. I had already written the Liberty series, and the Constitution was a big, the Supreme Court was a big part of Volume 4, so I saw how much was wrong. Then I began to see how much was violating the Constitution as I completed that series. Then I found that, I found that, that everybody didn't know. In fact, I made a copy once, and I was at a Constitution national meeting. I was a speaker, and after, after I spoke, a lot of people came up to talk to me, and I had a handout there that was a quote, absolute perfect copy of Article Article 2, Sections 3, mm-hmm. Section 1, Paragraph 3, an absolute quote from that, perfect. And I handed it to them, and they looked at it, read down, and they said, is this how it really works? Is this what it's supposed to be? And that was the election of the president. You know, we haven't elected a president properly since 1796. 
So we have never elected a president properly since 1796. What are we doing wrong, Lee? What are we doing? Oh, we're wrong? not using. We don't. We don't use the electoral college at all. We don't use it properly at all. Here's a key. Wow. We do have an electoral college. Okay. The electoral college meets in the first of the year in the Pratt House in New York City, and the organization is called Council on Foreign Relations, and they decide who we're going to get to vote for. And that's how it's done. Now, here came Trump, and that's, he violated all of that. That's tried crazy. To so, and he got elected. Okay, and that's the first time anybody's been elected still wasn't in accordance with the, with the Constitution. But it's the first time that anybody's been elected for about 100 years that the CFR hadn't said how it's going to be. Now, wait a minute. Let's back up. That's crazy. We know the CFR... I, mean, I don't know how you would describe them, but we've just heard over the years, Richard Proctor, that they're they're not good people. They don't have the, our oh. best interest in mind. They're kind of globalist, uh, warmongers. I don't know. Their their goal, Patrick. Their goal, they their goal is to destroy the United States and make a one world government. That's their goal. Wow, wow. And how long have they been around the CFR Council? They were. CFR organized in the 19, early 1920s, 21 mm -hmm. era. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. and a fellow. Now, the, before that, there was a there was a an, an inquiry inquiry group that was in the teens. Before that, there was a uh, they called them roundtables, and those were started by Cecil Rhodes. Yeah. Well, by that's that's why there are Rhodes Scholars. You see, those are Rhodes Scholar is to indoctrinate people into the beliefs of the in in. Of the uh, One World Order. Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, wow. So anyway, so those things came along. A guy that was a part of the inquiry group wanted to be a part of the CFR. And that man's name was Walter Lippmann. Hmm. They said, no, no, we want you to be our spokesman on the on the media. So that's what he did. Wow. So he was, he was selected to be the spokesman to tell us all what to believe and what to know about what's going on in the country. Now, if you want to have a real good discussion, real good analysis of what Walter Lippmann was doing, read the book written by, by Alan Drury called Capable of Honor. That's his third book in our series of six. Read that book, and that will show you exactly what Walter Lippmann was doing during the 30s, 40s, 20s, 30s, 40s. This book was written in the 50s. And the guys, the hero in the book that, that, that Drury wrote, the hero, it's called Wonderful Walter. Wow, very, very well respected fellow. I, I don't, I don't remember listening to him, but I, I know the name. So he was mainly must have been Richard Proctor on radio, right? On radio. Oh, oh, he was, he was. You mean Walter Lippmann? Yes, sir. Oh yeah, he was in charge of all of the news that came anywhere. He was in charge of all of the news that came anywhere and got to any of our of our media outlets. Wow. That's, that's why they all say the same thing all the time, because they're getting it fed. Everybody says the same thing. They're just getting it fed to them. Yes, sir. And I think I think it's fair to say, people have told us, uh, Andrew Goss, you know, my mentor in the monetary history, that long ago, Reuters and UPI and AP, they were all taken over, right? Many years ago, long ago. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, long ago. It, there's a little history on that. By the way, this is all in violation of this thing, and I learned all these things when I was writing the book, Saving the Constitution, when I was writing the Liberty Series. But here we go. They wanted, J.P. Morgan wanted to get control of all the newspapers. 
papers, mm -hmm. all the editorial staffs, using Rothschild's money because he didn't have any. He was a Rothschild agent. He was appointed that, oh, sometime in the teens. He was the Rothschild agent, and he sat down with his crew and said, how many newspapers, how many, how can we get control of the newspapers? Because that's all they had. They didn't yeah, have radio. Right, sure. Had, the newspapers, that was done. And they analyzed it and found that if they just bought the editorial staffs, that portion of the newspapers, they could cover the whole country with about 25. 25 ed so they bought them all. Rothschild's money. They bought the editorial. So the editorial staff was controlled 100% by who? Rothschild. Wow. CFR. Wow. That's crazy. And, That's and then with UPI and AP, uh, I don't know if both of those are. Yeah, I think they are. When, when I started in radio in 68 in Armed Forces Radio and then small radio stations, we used to have a little ticker tape, you know, in the back room. And it would spit out the newscast. And it was just a UPI in a five-minute, and this is what we would read, right? Yes. And this stuff was all controlled back then. Of course, we didn't know that. That's, That's right. Wow. It was hidden. Amazing. That's, my new book is called, uh, Richard, remember the name. <laughs> that's okay. Lies of the, of the Banking System. That's, that's approximately what it is. Hidden Lies of the Banking, of the Banking System. Mm -hmm. And that's what the whole thing's about. People don't understand how much money is stolen from us by the, by the Federal Reserve every single hour. Millions are stolen from us as a country every single hour yeah. by the Federal Reserve. And it's all done in a banking system using a, a system of a fractional reserve banking. And, and if, let's just give you an example. You put $10,000 in a banking account that that bank's not seen before, new money to them. Mm -hmm. Might be new money to the economy because the federal government's putting it, doesn't matter. There's new money to them. They take that and begin to loan on it. Now, the very first night that it's there, they, ca they capitalize it. What does that mean? They multiply it by nine because they have to keep 10% of everything that happens. Mm -hmm. So they multiply it by nine and they have $90,000 to loan out. When they've loaned that all out, okay, then they go to the rediscount window and borrow some more money. That's the rediscount window of the Federal Reserve. They take the collateral and they go there and they borrow money. They borrow $90,000 because that's the collateral they've got. They, they, the first thing they do, guys, is they capitalize $90,000. By the, by the, when they finish that step, they have loaned out on that 10,000, they can have loaned out over nine, over almost $900,000 on loans, just from that one $10,000 deposit. Yes, sir. That's called fractional reserve banking? Yes, you fractional can, You can actually banking. learn a little bit about this. I mean, you can go to the Fed's website and modern money mechanics and they tell you right there what they do that's right it's not hidden it's right there it's right there everybody in the bank system knows it yeah. but wow. what happens when you go out and you borrow some say you go in Patrick and you're going to borrow you're going to buy a new car yeah. you had your your eyes fed on this $50,000 car that you think you'd like to have very nice car yeah okay. I want that anyway so actually it has to be seventy or 80000 to be a very nice car but let's just assume it's a really nice car and you go into the bank and you have to beg for them to borrow, for them to allow you to borrow money from them. And you have to show your plan, your income and everything, and they finally say, well, okay, we'll okay, give you. We'll give it to you. Okay, so they go to that, a portion of that money that they've been creating, and they write a check 
and send it to the dealership. They don't take money. They don't take gold. They write a check. When that check's deposited, that's money to the dealership, and they pay everything amount of money. You have to make your payment of $2,000 a month in principal and interest. On the 1st of January, when you make that payment, what happens to that money? Exactly. What happens to that money? They tell you it's against principal and interest. Nope, it's not. There is no principal and interest. They don't, that money's all been paid. They don't anybody anything. They own that, uh, that money that you're going to pay for the next oh no, two years. You're going to pay $50,000 plus interest. Every bit of that is profit. They call it investment capital, but every bit of it is profit. And then they loan that all out. Yeah. And, 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 the, they don't have to and the money, the check they got, that money was created too, right? That was, yes. Yeah, I mean. yes, yes. And the money they're going to loan out, they're creating out of thin air. This is the banking system. Wow, just crazy. So the Federal Reserve loans out federal government money, and we pay interest on that. Then the banking system gets a hold of all that money, and we pay interest on that. I'm sure today you'll see $23, 24000000000000 trillion of personal loans that have all guaranteed, but rewritten on it, that we're going to pay. And every bit of that is going to be loaned out again and again and again because it's all funny money. Funny money. As you know, I have written a screenplay called The Real World of Money, and I talked to you about it, and we had a few conversations about some aspects of it, and I appreciate that. And you know, we've won several awards already with that, that this screenplay. Yes. Yeah, we've won a couple of... of, uh, So we're going to get this made someday. You watch. We're going to get it made. You, let, me, let me read you out of the Constitution, the, 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 the paragraph. This is Article 1, Section 8, Paragraph 5. The Congress is to coin money and regulate the value thereof. Then it goes on to some other things about money and stuff. But that's the key. Coin, print, create money, and regulate the value. How do you regulate the value of money? No one knows that. Economists don't know that, okay? You regulate the value of money by how much is produced. So every time they do one of these Q3s and Q4s, then they produce, they borrow another $4 trillion and they send it into the system or whatever they do with Mm. it. It creates $4 trillion of cash. Then when they do all the banking, the banks create money too. And all of that money is created every time we borrow money from the Fed. And every time we take a personal loan out, and every time you use your credit card, it creates more money. Yeah. Every time you borrow a loan, it creates more money. It's all and debt. All the money, it's all debt. All the money comes together, and it, it causes inflation, and that's why we're seeing it. Yes, sir. Now, the government doesn't want us to know how much inflation, so they changed the way they compute it. Back in the 50s, 60s, they computed it with a basket of goods from everywhere. Right. Now they select what they're going to put in it so they can keep the, 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 the inflation down. Yeah. Well said. We are living in a world of lies. Boy, it's just uh, John Williams of uh, Shadow Stats. He's pretty good. He's one of the best guys, too. He claims the real inflation rates are about 15, 16% today. Yes, they are. Yes, that's right. You think that's right? Yeah. Yes. You see, the formula that we're supposed to use is MV equals PT. Now, that's an economic formula. M is the money supply, V is the velocity with which it travels. Yeah. P is prices, and T is transactions. So algebraically, you know that you can take P 
from the one side and move it to the other and set up a division, which is M times V divided by T. So you can separate that. You can, you can say M times V over <clears throat> T equals P. Prices is not a number, but the money supply is. The, tra the transactions and the velocity are computed using econometrics, very, very complicated e economics programs. That's econometrics. And they control, the econometrics controls how much the money supply affects price. And that's how they do it. Yeah. That's how they hide the real, the real thing. But they don't tell you that. They've got a formula that came from a, from a, uh, uh, he was a Fabian socialist. His name was, was, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm forgetting things you see because of this thing. That's right all right. Here. No, don't worry about but anyway, it. Yeah. But anyway, the guy's name was important to us. He was here in, in Roosevelt's time, and he, deficit spending is what he caused. And we really had to have deficit spending. That's why we had so much debt. We're taught debt is okay. It's not okay, you know. And the country won't collapse if the debt goes away. It will not collapse because the, the economy is based on production, not debt. But they want to change it to all be best based on debt because that's how they make all their millions. Then they make those millions of dollars that we they take it back to the who? Rothschild, Soros, that's where he got all his money from. Soros, Fisher, all these guys, not Fisher, uh Gates. They take all these guys and they bring it back and they buy our politicians. So then when it comes time for a pandemic, a, a pandemic, they say, oh, this is terrible. And all the states get online and all the governors and all the legislatures all get online at the same time because they're being fed money from the, from the international banking establishment. It's feeding them money on a regular basis. Then they go to businesses that they want them to close. The big guys in the business, they go to those big guys. We'll cover all the profit you would have ever made if you just close your business. So they do. And they give him the money and he closes the business. So our, our production is going down. We're in a world of lies. We're being destroyed by our own government and by our own borrowing. Well said. Richard Proctor, if you'd like to join the show, what do you think about what he just said? 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. So they've taken away the charts to show us what the money supply is, haven't they? Um, yes, they have. Yes, they so have. we don't really know. Do what would you guess? Can you guess? I track the money supply. I track the money supply every quarter from about 1932 to 2006 March. Mm -hmm. In March of 2006, they stopped telling us M3. Yeah. Now M3 is the money that's overseas dollars used overseas. It's a big number, but up until 1970, it wasn't a very big number. Do you remember the inflation of the 70s? That's when they build up the M3 stuff. You can see it. I have the chart in my economics book, and I'll have the same chart in the new banking book that I'm reading. Okay. So you can see it exactly. You can actually see the M3 going up and up and up and up and up and up during the 1970s. Then it, then it slowed down. So you see, they were selling on the market private sales to private people. They call them, they call them, uh, there are bonds. They were, they were it was bonds. They weren't municipal bonds. They weren't savings bonds. They were government bonds, and they were they, they sold them in such a way that they may if the bond was was out if there was a billion dollars in bond they started selling it at five hundred million, and over the next five or six times they sold it in different ways 
they got up to the last people to buy it. Those people are are now using that, waiting for the interest, and they're getting all the interest and waiting for the payback, which will occur. Those bonds are 10 years, 7%, 7.5% bonds, guaranteed. And they are guaranteed, okay? So that's how they make money that way. because they, And that's how they introduce more MPM3 money to our money supply, which causes inflation. All these things are going on right now. That's what happened in the 70s. They got to the end of the first 10 years. Now they don't put very many more at the 70s, got to the 80s. They don't put very many more new ones in. They just replace all the old ones over and over and over again. Hey, guys, it's a, it's a big deal done in the banking. In every major bank, bank in Europe, not in the United States. They don't do it here. It's done in Europe. Every major bank has a trading portion to do these things. And, and you you got to have millions of dollars to get involved. But anybody can be. If they have a couple million, oh, 10 or 15, 20 million dollars, they can get involved. But a hundred, about one million is not quite enough. Every now and again, you can do it. Yeah. Five million, yeah. You have 20, 30 million, then you can get involved in this. And, and how much can you make? Oh, scads of money. And towards the end of um, the, the 70s, uh, when Reagan came in, I think um, I think the interest rates were like, what, 15%. Gold. 16. I bought was it 16? 16%. Wow. Yes. And then gold went from. Uh, 50 or so bucks early in the 70s all the way to 850. It was a quite a yes. quite a ride we took in the 70s. Actually, it went further than that. Did it, it came back down. Yeah, yeah, it came back down it, pretty quick. Yeah. It came, yes, it came down quick. It was caused. The growth was caused and the come down quick was caused. And people lost a lot of money because they bought gold at the high level, didn't have it anymore. Yeah. And silver. People lost a lot of money in silver. But this is what I say. If you've got any gold and you've got any silver, do not ever sell it. No. Don't sell it. I know it might go up. I can make $50. Don't sell it. Keep it. Make sure nobody knows you've got it. And don't ever sell it. Just keep it. The, the day will come when silver will go. Silver is supposed to be 16 to 1. That's pegged wrong. They've done it artificially. Now it's 85 to 1, something like that. That's why silver is so low. The day will come when that pegging stuff stops. Silver will go up four or five times what the price is. You think it will? And gold will be going up at the same time. So look what's going to happen to silver and gold. So don't sell it. The day will come when it's really valuable. Some people people argue that silver will not have as big as upside as we all believe because it's it's an industrial metal, not a, a, you know, um, monetary. Which one's silver? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that silver is. The price of silver is kept under control by the Rothschild group, okay, through the And people. gold too, right, Richard? Yeah. Beers, they own Dubeers is owned by them. Okay. Silver, diamonds, gold, all that stuff's owned by by is controlled by De Beers in London. Anyway, so what we have here is we have a we have a a, a, a system where we think you know, silver is it's a big it's a big item in industry. It's a big item. So they keep the price down so they can use anyway the price. Sure. But the day will come when silver is going to be 16 to 1 and gold and silver will both be going up as okay. fast as they can. You think it will? Good. That's great. Yeah. So keep it. If you have any, keep it. Don't sell it. Don't, ever. don't sell it. Richard Proctor is with us yeah. and he uh, his website is Provis Institute. Let me put your, your website up there. Yeah. Provisinstitute.com, and he has his Utah 
a flannel shirt on. You're looking pretty Utah today. Yeah. Yes, isn't that my nice, my nice shirt? I like I it. No, I like it. I like it. The reason I have this on is because of this problem. Okay. Very difficult with many things on. <laughs> well, it's you're gonna easy. soon. You're gonna soon get your head on straight. So that'll be great. Yeah. God love you, man. Um, Richard, can you hold on a second, and we're going to talk. A, I surely can. And yeah. you stay right there, brother. Patrick Timpone, yes. if you have a question for Mr. Proctor, please join us. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Email Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. This leads us into a great product that we want to tell you about. This is a friend of mine. He buys and sells gold and silver coins for a living. He doesn't do bricks and bars and that. That's fine. You can buy those. He just does numismatic, which is real American money. Most of them are encased in plastic. They're graded by NGC, third party. They all, all of those have historical uh, numismatic value where they're Rare coins, say uh, many of the the ones that he sells are these St. Gaudens coins. These were all sent over to Europe in the 20s when they were they were doing all this crazy roaring 20s thing. And the people that owned these gold coins, they knew the, the system was screwed up. And they sent a lot of these gold coins to Europe and they came back. These are 1907 to 1932 $20 gold pieces, and they have, hmm, I don't know exactly how much uh, silver, but they got a pretty good, I think it's 0.9 or 90%. These are mint grade 65 on a scale of 70, and uh, F- Fred has a little special for you. Here's the first special, 20, or, uh, sorry, um, a St. Gaudens um, MS65 $20 gold piece, and... Then he's got two Indian Head MS62 grade. Um, this is for $5,850. This is a good buy. It's a good, good, good buy. Then he's got another package, and this is kind of fun. Richard was talking to Silver. You can get 1,000 dimes. 1,000 dimes. Now, these aren't uh, numismatic, you know, coins that you're buying those for their their you know, their, their year they were made in any of that. These are just silver. You know, there's a tenth of an ounce of silver in these dimes. And then, so you can buy 1,000 dimes and also pre-65, um, I'm sorry, 10 MS-60, uh, 10 um, silver dollars, 10 of those, for a special price as well. So this is kind of fun. Yeah, it's a good, he, he gives you these specials once a month. So it's a good time to buy. I think that silver and gold are on sale. Um, I really do. Um, I don't think they're going to go down from here much. If they do, they'll come back up. You know, don't worry about the spot price. But as Richard said, just buy in now and hold them. Don't let anybody hold them, and you'll be fine. And someday you'll be very happy that you have some of these numismatic coins. Uh, His number is 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646 and he'll take good care of you. Uh, very, very uh, reputable company. Uh, Fred was the the partner of Andrew Goss, my mentor in the world of money, 
who I interviewed Andrew every day for once a week, rather, for 20 years, off and on, and uh, uh, one of the great guys ever. And then Fred now has his company because Andrew, the rascal, left us three or four years ago. So there you have it, 800-878-2646. Here's one of our favorite products. The first supplement I like to take in the morning right after I wake up is Pine Pollen Pure Potency, or P4. This is Cirque Rival's flagship testosterone and androgen support formula. It's made with the pollen of pine trees, which is rich in testosterone, androstenedione, DHEA, and a bunch of plant sterols. These are all substances, phytochemicals, that support the body's natural androgens, or male hormones. Of course, men and women are using this product, but usually it's men in andropause. Men after age 40 whose testosterone production has started to decline. Many of survival supplements can be taken any time of day, but Pine Pollen Pure Potency, it's important that you take at very specific times of the day. Now it can be taken once, twice, or three times, depending on how much you want to supplement yourself with the phytoandrogens found in it. But the key is taking it at morning, right upon waking, midday or noon, and then again right before bed. So once, twice, or three times a day, but always at those times. And that's because that's when your body's naturally producing its own testosterone. And all we want to do is amplify that sine wave. We don't want to start to take testosterone at a time where our body's purged it from the bloodstream. Instead, we want to take it at a time where those levels are already spiking and we're just subtly helping to increase them. This product tastes fantastic. I think of it like an orange creamsicle. And that's because in addition to that subtle pine flavor, there's a little bit of orange peel, Tahitian vanilla bean, cloves, and then a little bit of maple syrup just to give it this nice kind of sweet orange flavor. So it's really delicious and easy to take. So if you're looking to increase your testosterone or androgen levels and you want an alternative to pharmaceutical testosterone replacement therapies, there's nothing that does it better than pine pollen pure potency. That's right, Daniel. It's a great uh, product. I've been taking it probably for 10 years. He mentioned that many men go through a thing called andropause at 40. Well, I've had my body working on two times 40. Um, I have I have had my body 76 years. Do I look like I'm going through andropause? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna do it. So this is one of the things that I use regularly uh, to help my little body I get happy. I think most of the, uh, the way we don't age is by what we believe, but these things help, and they do help, and they will help you. So, as you're beginning to understand that it takes a long time to get young, take some of these products, and you'll feel better. Mr. Uh, happy, south of the border, uh, for um, playing kissy face and all of that, will be happy as well. Here's another one to go with it. This is called Arise, A-R-I-S-E. This is from Shen Blossom. This is very powerful, um, a potent um, a product that Brandon Amalani makes. This is made just like for pine pollen. So you can put these two guys together. I take this baby every day. I think I just might take some more, just because. And uh, so here's the deal. We like to t- be very clear here on One Radio Network because there's no sense beating around the bush. You don't have to get your testosterone levels tested. You can do it. But numbers are weird. Here's all you need to do. 
Just pay attention when you get up in the morning. Look down and see if you have what we call morning wood. Just look down. (laughs) If you have an erection, that's normal. That means your testosterone levels are fine. That's right. If you don't, start working on it. Easy peasy, doesn't cost anything. No shots, no potions. That's that's the way it works. Taoist, the Taoist uh, people, the very, very interesting um, uh, spiritual path. It's not my spiritual path, but the Taoists, the the people that studied Taoism knew that whole thing with the penis and erection and your testosterone levels. That's the way God set it up. So think about that one and then get some of these products. Okay. So now we're done talking about erect penises and we'll just move on. (laughs) Broadcasting from the beautiful hill country (laughs) in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Richard Proctor, you just might as well tell it like it is. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what to say. What? That's right. By the way, I didn't mean to, to give an advertisement for the gold seller, but guys get it. When I buy my gold, I don't get it wrapped in plastic. I don't buy dimes. I buy silver, and they, they they put it in 20 little cases that hold 20 coins. I see. You just buy the the from the mint? Do you buy it from the mint? Yeah. yeah. Well, not a mint. No, a gold, a gold and silver dealer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It works. And they sent it to me, and they sent it to me, and I put it in my safe. Yeah. a boy. Good for you. Richard Proctor is a constitutional authority. He has a whole bunch of books, Saving the Constitution, as his latest, and he's working on a new one all about money. I'm excited. When, when do you think that you're gonna that one's gonna publish soon? Well, we figure about two months, three two, months maybe. Good. That's the goal. Well, I gotta write it. I'm 25 percent done with the draft. I've just gotta keep going. Yeah, I just keep on. Yeah. That's that's what we do. Just keep on going. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you this morning is it appears. Um, the sometimes vacillating uh, uh, um, Chief Justice Thomas notwithstanding that the Supreme Court is starting to come up with some decisions that are almost constitutional. You know, you're right. You're right. They actually maybe have looked at the Constitution, a couple of paragraphs of it, and they're beginning to do things properly. Yeah. How long? I don't know. Right now they are. What did you think about the the EPA and the the carbon credits one. That was a pretty big ruling, wasn't it? They're all unconstitutional. They yeah. shouldn't have any of that kind of garbage. It's unconstitutional. All of that. The the EPA, all these organizations. Hey, guys, the Army is unconstitutional. I'm sorry. We're not supposed to have a standing Army. We're just We're not. only supposed to have an Army for two years or a conflict time. No more than that. Wow. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to use militias. That's what it was all, all about. And somebody told me the other day, well, the militias have been outlawed back in the 1800s. Well, I suspect that was an attempt, but it's against the Constitution, so don't pay any attention to it. No. So, that's true. Uh, in a few shows back, we were talking about Roe v. Wade, and tell folks what your opinion on that one was. Is. Again, that's a violation. Here's what the Constitution, are you ready for me to read out of the Constitution? Sure, baby. This is my my thing right here. I'm going to read just a little bit. It says, 
the powers, I'm reading the 10th Amendment. Okay. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by the, to, by the states, are reserved for the states, respectively, and to the people. Now, let me explain what that says in our language. The, the, the federal government can do nothing the Constitution doesn't allow, and the states can do everything else. Hmm. That's what that means. So, abortion is not a government function. Federal. It's a state-level function. Why? Because those kinds of things are supposed to get down to the people. But still in all, abortion is murder, period. Okay? They have an argument about when is the fetus alive. That's garbage. Are you going to have an argument about what, what, what time the pencil is going to break or all that kind of stuff? Or have an argument about, uh, you know, let's say one minute it's one thing and the next minute it's another. That's all garbage. Abortion is murder of Children, the mm. most dangerous place for a child to live is a fetus. Is a, is a fetus. Mm. And, and are you saying then uh, the, the state, each individual state, Richard Proctor, has the authority and the ability and the, the wherewithal and the, the job to decide what happens to you if you murder someone? Yeah, they have all that responsibility. Okay. There's, it's in the state level. Mm. This is written for the federal government. Oops, let me do it this way. That's written for the federal government. I get it in the screen somehow. Well, you can see. You know what I'm holding. Sure, right? sure. I never can get it in the right place. Anyway, there you have it. That's what's written. That's for the federal government. It is not a state government object, an item. People say, well, the state law is unconstitutional. That's garbage. There are no state laws that are unconstitutional. They go by their own constitution. Hmm. State laws do. The federal, the Supreme Court, back in 18... 1813 decided that they wanted to control the states. In 1803, they started to control the government. They put themselves above the Congress and the president. They made themselves emperors of the country. What do I mean? Because it says they say have decided through judicial review. That's what Madison said. Through judicial review, we can review any law. What is a law? A law is something passed by Congress and signed by the president. That's a law. So if the president signs it, Congress passes it, it's a law. They put themselves above that so we can tell the Congress and the president what they can do and what they can't. Now, I read you in Article 3 of the Constitution. We've got to, keep, we've got to know better what the Constitution says. It says in Article 3 right here, it says, the judicial power, they're talking about the Supreme Court, shall extend to all cases in law. Cases in law, not to make up laws, laws that are passed already on the books. That's what they're supposed to use. That's the very first sentence in the second section, in law and in equity. And they have to use the law to make decisions. Then they're given 18 areas that they can work with. I mean, eight areas that they can do things with. After those areas, they have nothing. Those areas are the only place they can do things. So... Um, ex explain again the Madison thing in the states. I didn't quite understand that. I'll go over that slowly. What happened in 18... What? 1903. 1903. I mean, 1803. 1803, yeah. Marbury versus Madison. Madison figured, this is, this is my definition of how he was thinking. Okay. I don't have enough power. Here I am, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, and I can't do anything. I don't like that. So, in a, in a decision, Marbury versus Madison... He wrote this. He said, anything against the Constitution is null and void. Valid. Anything against the Constitution is null and void. And we, 
meaning the Supreme Court, will decide through judicial review what's constitutional and what isn't. Now, that's circular reasoning. That's saying apples are oranges unless we think that they're apples and they're apples again. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that they said against the Constitution is null and void. Then in the next part of the same sentence, they said, and we're going to do something that's against the Constitution. <laughs> you see? Oh, you mean because we're giving ourselves this power, this which is unconstitutional. That's right. It's unconstitutional. So therefore, he said it's unconstitutional. Then he said, this is what we're going to do. And that, what he said he's going to do, is unconstitutional. So they call that circular reasoning. You get to your revolt by having a circle. You can always get to whatever you want. I can I can prove black is white through a circle. Sure. And, and how has Mayberry versus Madison affected we the people for the last couple hundred years or one, whatever? Oh, it's still it's still a major thing. What happens? You see now, a, a, an attorney goes through and becomes a a, a constitutional scholar, maybe, mm -hmm. but just maybe an attorney's an attorney, and they've got to and they've got to know the law. And they're going to become judges, and they've got to know the law. So here we go. We have a whole group of people, a monopoly, I might say, antitrust group, okay? All these people have fixed themselves a club that nobody can belong to unless they pass the British accreditation rule. Hmm. Okay? The bar, British, yeah, the bar. bar. Br British regula uh, regulation, whatever. British, bar. I don't know what it stands <laughs> for, something B-A-R, British something yeah. regulation. Yeah. Yep. Accreditation register. British accreditation register. What do you mean going to British accreditation register? We're in America. Why do we care about a British reg registration? Okay, but we do. That's what they've decided. And this club is very precise. And nobody can be in that club unless they've had certain, taught certain things in school. And they're never taught the Constitution. Hmm. Did you know that? No attorney is ever taught the Constitution in school. That's crazy. They are. They are taught. They are taught the precedences established by the Supreme Court. That's what they're taught. So the Supreme Court makes its own rules, its own laws, and its own stuff. And all the attorneys learn those rules and laws, and that's the basis of law. And it's called code law, and it changes however the people want to change it. Common law is God's law, and it never changes. And when you get to the the, the sixth, the seventh amendment in the Constitution, it says very clearly. Seventh Amendment, suits of common law. Doesn't say code law, it says common law, where the value is, is shall exceed $20. The right of a trial by jury, jury shall be preserved. So here we have code law put through that common law out. Now they can have, a, they can have judges sit without juries anytime they want. Now that's code law. That's actually martial admiralty law. That's what it really is. It's admiralty law and maritime law. What does that mean? That means the captain of the ship is in charge, period. So the judge is the captain of the ship in charge, period. He can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. That's right. Do what, I can throw you in jail for six months if you don't want to do what I want. <laughs> well, you're going to go in jail and I can keep you there as long as I want. And he has no right to do that. None, and they make it. They make you. You can't go to court unless you're an attorney. Unless you know all about attorney stuff. How can you know all about attorney stuff? There's way too much of it. In the Sixth Amendment, 
it says right at the bottom, the last line, a lot of last lines in the Constitution are violated. That's a, I guess it's because it's too far in the paragraph to read. Okay. A, a, a person who's been been co condemned or, or prosecuted, this is criminal law now, the, the Article 6, uh, yeah, Amendment 6, have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his defense, in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. They had attorneys in those days. They were passing the bar. They had attorneys before we even, even Columbus went. They had attorneys. They knew what attorneys were. But that's not what they put in the Constitution. They said assistance of counsel. What is an assistance of counsel? Anybody who wants to do anything wants to go to the court and represent your friend. You could represent me. I could represent you. But they don't and, allow that. They don't generally allow that, right? Oh, they don't allow it. But that's what the Constitution says. I know a fellow in, in, in Idaho that was trying to maintain that over and over and over. He actually went as assistance counsel with somebody else. And he won the case for them. Then they took him and said, you, you were in court against the law because you're not an attorney. So they started to, to destroy him because he wasn't an attorney and he was in court. So he went to these things in the Constitution. And they said, we don't use the Constitution. We don't use that. We don't do that in our courts. I don't know how it ever wound up, but he fought it for about six months. And I don't know what actually happened at the end. Wow. But, yeah. but folks, that's, that's the violations of our court. They're judges. They're not judges. They're captains of a ship. And they use that power to do anything they want. And they'll throw out the Constitution. Don't you dare bring a Constitution to here. We don't use it. Those kinds of words are said to people who want to quote it. Yes. Richard Proctor is yeah. with us. Um, Richard, so it, it appears that the rule of law is kind of really going out the window with uh, yes, with, yes. with, the, with this uh, attorney general and his unwillingness to look at, you know, Hunter Biden and all this stuff and this January 6th thing. Unconstitutional organization. Yeah, no. Unconstitutional organization. The attorney general has no rights to go, he has no rights to exist, but for sure he has no rights to go to any state or do anything that way. The, the federal government is the federal government. They don't have any rights to send police to our states. It's not, let me read you. Now I'm in Article 6, Paragraph 3, and it says that I'm going to go through it really quick. Senators and representatives before mentioned and members of the several state legislatures and all of the executive and judicial officers that state and local, state and federal, all of them must swear an oath be bound by an oath of affirmation to support this constitution, this constitution. Every one of them stand up and say, we're going to support this constitution. Then they go to home, go home and hold court and say, we will not use the constitution. They should all be impeached. Every one should be impeached by the state. Okay. Government. Well, we know that at this point it's not going to happen, right? Because no, the whole thing happen. is just... I just tell people what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I understand. Totally bonkers. So let's talk about the 10th Amendment. We hear more and more people... Oh, no, those, are, those are really old. Those are 2,000 years old. We don't use those anymore. No, I understand. I mean, they're out of date. So we have, we have the governor of Florida, the governor of Texas, uh, Tennessee, other states that are beginning to tell Joe Biden to just pound sand. Leave us alone, right? So yes. you think this is going to move into a more stronger sovereign states of Florida, Texas, and other places? You think this is where we're going? I hope so. 
I hope more and more uh, people do it. In the 20s, the, the, the young lady who was the governor in the 20s in South Dakota told all these people in, in this uh, pandemic, go pound sand. Yeah. I'm not going to do it in our state. We're not going to do it. And you know what? They didn't have any problems in their state. Is it, you're talking Christy Nome? Christy Nome? Yeah, yep. That young lady was a champion in my view. Yeah. Now, you think about this for a moment. Now, we have Michigan here, okay? Not, not too far away from South Dakota. But in Michigan, they're going to get sick if they don't do all these things. So, social distancing, wear masks, right. all the stuff, meeting groups. But you just go across the border, one little inch across the border, and all of a sudden it doesn't apply. So obviously, the disease knows where the borders are. Of course, yeah. This whole thing, this COVID thing, as you know, this was terrible what they did yes so so um um just big picture the reason that people bought into wearing a mask and social and all that stuff in texas or florida is because the governor bought into it yes and they could have said you don't have to right fear it was used by fear you got to do this they showed they showed pictures of things that were Hollywood made up sometimes, and sometimes there were pictures in other countries. Doesn't matter. They put it and said it was in our hospitals and our streets. That's what they did. Media did this. So they built a fear, a fear of everybody. People are afraid to get close to one another. No. They built that fear. You got to wear a mask to protect yourself. You got to wear five masks to protect yourself. You know, using a mask that's supposed to be used in surgery to keep spit from going into the patient. That's the only purpose. That's why they use it. It doesn't do anything about germs. It's only purpose is to keep spit to drop it in the patient. Anyway, so they that they took those masks and they said, oh, they're gonna they're gonna do the job. And so that's what they pass out. Now, what do those masks do? The thing that they're trying to get out is minuscule parts of a micron. I mean it's it's Point zero 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 two five six of a micron. And a micron is already really small. It's like setting up a chain link fence to keep the mosquitoes out. So I'm going to set up five chain link fences. I'm going to set up a hundred chain link fences to keep the mosquitoes out of my yard. What good will it do? Yes, I yeah. think I think we're aware that this the, the mask and all that thing was just a, a you know set up job. Um so here, I read this. I put this on my Facebook. I wanted to read this to you. Um, the delegates of the Republican Party of Texas voted overwhelmingly to add a plank to the party platform calling for a statewide vote for returning to an independent nation. Texas GOP officials told Breitbart News the plank received approximately 80% of the delegate votes cast at the June state convention. Well, so... In theory, we could actually do a statewide thing here in Texas, and we could bail out of this place called the United States? Yes, you could. Wow. I don't recommend it, but yes, you could. Why don't you you recommend it? I I, I don't recommend any state become a a nation of its own. Why not? Texas could do that. They even have it in the agreement when they they became a state. In their constitution, yeah. Yeah, they could. Why Why do you not think it's a good idea? No, I don't think it's a good idea because you'd be there and very small compared to other countries in the world. And they'd come and want to take you over. That's what people want to do. Who, come who would you. want to take you over? Who? All the Chinese, the Russians, anybody oh, who I wants see. to have yeah, you. Yeah. Just like Cuba, they took over Cuba. Just like that, you would be in that same boat. You need the protection of the whole 50 of us. 
What we need to do, though, is stop doing what the government says is unconstitutional. And every person that took the oath of office, Article 6, Paragraph 3, every person that took could say, no, that's not constitutional. We're not doing it in our yeah, state. Yeah, but no, we're not, we can't do that because nobody knows this stuff and nobody's going to do it. That's right. And so, we can't do it also because we're all taking money from the federal exactly. government. Exactly. So, if we do it, so the isn't the only... Isn't the only way out to just bail out and uh, be on our own? I mean, otherwise, we're, it's never going to stop. Never going to stop. No, no, no. It can be stopped. How can you stop the Federal Reserve? In Washington? Never. In the state? Yes. Okay. How will you stop the state, the Federal Reserve in the state? I wrote about it. I've talked about it. Public citizens banks. Not the ones that they're doing now. They're calling that because they're still Federal Reserve banks. Public Citizens Bank, not a part of the Federal Reserve. Therefore, the money that the bank makes stays in the state, does not go to Europe. All the money that's made by that bank stays in the state to, to do the state operations, so taxes will go down. In fact, a system of public citizens banks in your state, properly done, can pay all the state operation, all the local operation, all the county operation. There's that much money going on can pay it all. I see. Now, we don't have state taxes in Texas. I guess it's all done with local taxes and property taxes, right? Yes, yeah. and property taxes is also one of the banes of our existence. I know, it's terrible. It's just, They're terrible. Phew. Property tax is the worst tax we have. Property tax is like saying, think about this for a moment. I think maybe you're going to steal some stuff next month, so I'm going to put you in jail today. <laughs> That's the same thing as saying, I think your house is worth this much. It hasn't been sold, but it's worth this much, so I'm going to charge you that this much. But when it comes time to sell it, you can't sell it for that much, therefore you've had money stolen from you by property taxes all along. They're punishing us for something that hasn't happened. Yeah. What would be a mechanism for a state like Texas or Florida or other uh, awake states to ditch the property? How would they, how, well, that's a lot of money. What would they use for the, to do the state stuff? Just do it. Right. That's why I talk about the bank. I mean, we only spend about two billion, two point five billion on schools in our state. Okay. Now this others do more. The 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 bank properly run outside of the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Sure. Can make that kind of money in two or three years. The whole property tax could be gone. Would they monetize debt like the other banks? Yes. Well they would do yes, to a degree they okay. do it. Just the first level. They do capitalize the first one that comes in. Okay. So fractional reserve ranking is used for the very first step, but not the second one because you don't ever go to the window. Right. Yeah. Good. You don't ever go yeah. to the window. So it so could be done with have. some really clever banking in each state. And it's called, what are those banks called? Public Citizens Banks. And I have a, 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 a bill written in my book, Saving the Constitution. In my book, in my book, I don't know which book it's in. I got too many books. And it's going to be again in this book. It's a bill to wrote to to how to for the for the state senate to pass, the state house to pass, the state governor to sign, to authorize a bill, a a public citizens bank yeah. outside of the Federal Reserve. I got That's you. That's all they have to do is authorize. So it. so it, it, this would be a local thing goes through uh, uh the Senate and uh the congressmen in Texas. Uh, right. It, yes, they, they can uh, do it. Yes, hmm. and I've already written something they could use. Hmm. Well, why don't you come here and get one in Texas going, baby? Um, that would be really good. And it doesn't. It's not that once once the legislature says it's okay, you can start. 
Now you're not controlled by the Federal Reserve, so you can pay 3% interest or 2.5% interest on savings deposits. Sure, sure. Instead of 0.0001, which is controlled by the Federal Reserve, and you're inspected by the FDIC. The FDIC is an inspection organization to make sure you're following it, right. and if not, they'll shut your bank down. So, um, if, if you, you had mentioned one, there, would there be a way that we could legally, lawfully, whatever the word is, Richard Proctor, not pay federal income taxes if Texas did something without uh, seceding from the union? No, sure you can, because it's an unconstitutional act. All they've got to do is say, it's not in accordance with the Constitution, and it isn't in accordance. I don't care what the Supreme Court in, eight, in 1916 thought. They don't have any right to even talk about it. It is, it is an in, unconstitutional tax says it right in the first paragraph here. Sure. It says direct taxes. Direct taxes are ones that are levied on the people directly. I'm going to read right here in Article 1. I, this document, this book, it's got all the answers in it. All you've got to do is understand it. The answers are all here. It says right here, paragraph 3 of Section 2, Article 1, representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states in accordance with their population. Direct taxes to the states in accordance that was taken out in the 14th Amendment, prelude to being able to tax the people directly. Now, Black's Law Dictionary is what the attorneys use all the time. It's very clear that you cannot change a, a contract with an amendment. Can't do it. Nope, you can't do it. You can correct errors, okay? You can, you can add to it, but you can't change it. Hmm. Well, in the 14th Amendment, they say, if you read, I'll read it to you so you can see it. People can understand it. It's there. That's the 15th Amendment. Here, 14th Amendment, Section 2 says, representatives shall be apportioned among the several states. But the Constitution says, representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the states. So since that deviated, though, took those three words out, it, that part of it is unconstitutional and should never be used and thrown under the bus because it changed the essence of the Constitution or the contract itself. Hmm. So it's null and void. The 14th Amendment, that line is null and void. And, and what what could Texas do to, to have the people not to pay um, federal taxes and be protected from the IRS? Pass a law that says no person in the state of Texas can fill out a 1040, no business can fill out a 1040. Whoa, well. They wouldn't Just be happy. Uh, Washington See, wouldn't I, be happy, would they? They wouldn't be happy. No, they wouldn't. You and I could do it on our own, but if the state doesn't do it for us, they'll throw us in jail. Sure. They can't throw the state in jail. They can't throw the state in jail, but they can cut off the money. What do you mean? The government cuts off the money to Texas? No, from the federal government. Oh. The federal government cuts off the money it gets to Texas or any other state. Now, the state of Utah depends on the federal government for a third of its budget. It cannot exist without that money. You've got to replace it. So you replace it with a public citizen's bank. It will do sure, it, folks. Sure, It's only $6 billion. But, but if, if we, million. Richard Proctor, if we weren't paying federal income taxes, which is what, 25 30%, something like that, I mean, we could, we could handle a, a fair 10%, 15% state tax, right? We Whatever could, you want to do in the state's your business. Yeah, you, could, you could handle state. it. Who wouldn't? Who, Anything. It'd be great to pay just 10% and be done, right? Who cares? Yeah. And, 
then the state would look at the federal budget and the federal de uh, delis, you know, you're going to pay this much to us. And they could, you could, no, we're not. We're not going to do that program. We're not going to do it. And we're not going to accept it. And they could do that because they're not taking money from the federal government. Yes, you've got to, you've got to have everybody fill out a 1040. Not in our state. Get out of here. Now, there's two things you need to do. They're both in the Constitution, okay? One of them is get rid of, get, get rid of federal taxes. All those to get rid of the two things. Oh, you've got to organize a bank to support the state after it tells the federal government to get lost. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to have a militia to protect the state against the military that might come mm -hmm. make you stay within the, within the federal government. That's a militia, yeah. yeah. Mm. So now, now, what size should the what size should the militia be in Texas? I don't know. How, how big is your, how much population do you have in your state? I have no idea. I could Google it while we're talking. I don't know. Well, just do it. Let's figure that out. Okay. Just get that number. Okay, what's population the population of Texas? What's the population? Pop, P O P U L A, of Texas. 